0: Born in 1592 in the Highlands of Scotland, and he is still alive. He is immortal. Constantly facing other immortals in combat to the death, the winner takes his enemy's head, and with it, his power. We know the truth about immortals. In the end, there can be only one. May it be Duncan MacLeod, the Highlander.
1: We're
0: the of the and welcome into Let's Watch Highlander. This is Let's Watch Highlander Season 6, Episode 2, Armageddon. And here with you to talk about it as we are every week, I am Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis over there. That's the Audi Norman. Audi, how you doing? Doing good.
2: I find it interesting that the second episode we're talking about Armageddon... <laughs> I know, just jumping right to it. Like why build up to it? Let's just do it right now. Sure. Um it's
0: a it's quite the episode, actually. There's a good bit that goes on. It gets mm-hmm. weird. A um bit. I have I have some issues with parts, but they're they're my, I mean they're nitpicky, like
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, as we do. I mean, when they're usually when they're better episodes, it's it's very nitpicky. There's there's some quibbles, right. some qualms. Uh, a few things that carry over from last week, we kind of talked about, like because I was curious, I didn't remember where this episode went, and so I was curious how this episode went because last week felt like it could have stretched further. Mm-hmm. You know, with um, with the character that uh, um jumps off the bridge. What was her name? Right, uh, Sophie. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like they could have done more with her, um, and but I uh, it the way that this episode went, I get. Kind, and I sort of understand why. Like it was, it's more or less episodic and, right. you know, so I get that. But hey, still good episode. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think before we talk about the episode itself, though, uh, we got one more of these uh, Watcher Chronicles here.
2: Nice. October 12th,
0: 1997. Dawson still has us digging up anything and everything we can on this Aramon. Whoever they were, it was someone who's done a very good job of hiding themselves. There hasn't been much information on that name for over 3,000 years, and what I have been able to find all centers around myth and demon stories. The symbol he had us looking for is a bit more promising. That's popped up in quite a few places, including a talisman that some shaman in South America would use for their vision quests.
2: That's supposed to arrive today. Came from the Lima, Peru field
1: office.
0: All right. So coming out of last week, we get a recap of our story so far. Um, mm-hmm. Recapping both the season five finale, the season six premiere and all of that. And then we see a monk and a gravedigger and they're at a grave and they're just putting the finishing touches on it. Um, and Duncan shows up and mm-hmm. he knows he knows the, the monk, Father Robert. And you know they they exchange pleasantries. Oh, it's been a while. Father Robert knew of um, Duncan. He hadn't seen Duncan since Darius died. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about it is, and I'm I'm curious what you thought is they don't make it explicitly that he knows that they're immortals, right? But they're sort of hinting that he might. They don't necessarily say he does, and there's nothing outright that says he does. But at the same time, there's a couple of moments in the episode where you're like, does, does Robert know about this? Or is he just like, yeah. they friends? Like, It's weirdly ambiguous, and I kind of like that in a way.
2: Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where like, you know, for an audience of a TV show, a lot of times you would have somebody like, we need to let the audience know. And I like that they didn't. Mm -hmm. again with you, I like that it's nobody says anything because in the moment you wouldn't straight up say, because you knew this person wasn't an immortal. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. So I thought that was kind of
0: cool, but, um, so Duncan had gone to the church to find father Robert and Mm -hmm. he learned that his brother had passed away and that's who was being buried just now, but they were not on church grounds because Robert's brother, Jackie had committed suicide. Mm -hmm. And because of that, he was not allowed to be on hallowed church grounds, so Robert buried him uh, at a place where they had grown up. And Duncan was looking for him because he had questions. But I like this moment because it's a good way to introduce him and not force exposition. Duncan's like, "Right, look, I, I wanted to come and pay my respects. I had some questions for you, but they can wait." And yeah. and Robert's kind of you know obviously distraught, and he's he's a little out uh, out of out of sync. Mm-hmm. So. Duncan kind of bids him farewell. Robert heads off back. And as Duncan is leaving, he gets attacked by some random dude. And it wasn't... That wasn't the same gravedigger, right? I'm not crazy. It didn't look like the same person. No, it, it didn't look that... Someone else there. But he's walking yeah. along and this guy just picks up like a what looks like a scythe and kind of... Or like a some sort of guarding implement maybe and just attacks, mm-hmm. jo- just attacks Duncan. Right. And so he defends himself with a shovel uh, and fights the guy off. And then as he's kind of... He subdues the guy and he and all of a sudden the guy just drops. And my assumption is the guy was dead based on the way Duncan reacted.
2: Well, that in the conversation he had the next scene with Joe. Yeah. Like, yeah, basically said people are dying. And I'm like, oh, OK, I guess that guy died. Mm.
0: Yeah. So Duncan's of course looking confused. And then we get at the barge. Now, uh, Joe and, and Duncan are going over material. Um, Joe still got watchers just working day and night trying to find this ancient immortal that he told them. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a, there is a good moment there where Duncan's like, you know, look, thank you. Uh, this, I couldn't do this. This would be so much harder without your help. Mm -hmm. Um, make sure your people are being careful though, because you know, we, Duncan's realizing he has no idea where Aramon's going to be coming from. Right. And Joe's like, look, or who
2: he's going to be coming
0: through. Right. And and Joe's like, look, my people knew the job when they took it on. Uh, that's fine. And so Joe, Joe goes to leave as Duncan's reading over what material they have, which isn't much, but he's going over that. And as Joe is leaving, we get uh, kind of deadite view or sort of mm-hmm. evil dead vision from outside. Right. And I, th- I wasn't sure. They sort of make you almost think like Ahriman's going to, confront joe at that point
2: right yeah
0: and it was kind of a nice little swerve because they're setting you up for that and then joe leaves the barge and armand's just inside the barge
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, and he's gonna mess with duncan now and that was a great moment where the snake shows up and when it gets thrown and kind of explodes and then there's the james horton version of armand's like all right it's a bit theatrical i know but uh look a thousand years ago that would have worked like (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) um and so also
2: just before that i I Gotta point out, I appreciate that they had special focus on Joe going up the stairs. Yes. For what will happen later in the episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Aramon and Duncan have a little chat uh, with Aramon basically telling him, like, look, I'm gonna win. All this is pointless. Come on, man. Just give up. And Duncan won't. Um, and he does appear as both Horton and Kronos. Yeah. So then... We go. We cut back to Father Robert, and he's in his church, and he's dealing with the loss of his brother, and he's talking to God, and he's having a crisis of faith. Yeah. Um, and this is happening, and Aramon, meanwhile, is showing up to Joe at the bar. So Joe goes back to the bar, and who's there but his brother-in-law, Horton. Mm-hmm. And this, this is the first time that Joe has had any sort of interaction with Aramon. Right. And he shows up as Horton, and mm-hmm. he's uh, offering him a drink and like talking to him. And, and the thing for Joe, and I liked kind of the way this scene went down, because Joe knows for certain, this isn't Horton. Like, right. it can't be Horton. Mm-hmm. But you know there's a real small part in the back of Joe Dawson's brain that's like, maybe it is. Because this is, wouldn't be the first time that he's shown up after he was dead, or supposedly
2: right. dead. Which is just the ultimate mind F that he's doing with Joe at this moment. Like, you know, it messes with, it messed with Duncan a little bit at first, but that was a different relationship with Joe. Like when he's specifically talking about Horton's family and wife and kids and stuff. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, Oh, this is like knife to the stomach, twist it kind of thing. Really going after Joe.
0: Yeah. And what he wants is Joe to just give up and not help Duncan to, to Mm -hmm. honor his vow as a watcher. Uh, which is another good way to get at Joe. Right. So it's like Aramon is messing with Joe on two fronts, family Mm -hmm. and profession at the same time. And as that's going on, Duncan shows up because Joe had apparently called him and said, hey, we got something for you Uh, Mm -hmm. because we see Joe stuff something in his pocket as soon as he sees uh, Horton. Right. So Duncan shows up and he's like, hey, uh, and Aramon disappears. So now Joe looks all frazzled. Duncan's trying to talk to him. He's like, "Look, you said you had something for me," and and we get hesitation from Dawson because one of the things that Aramon told him was, you know, when you do like Watchers should not interfere, and if Watchers interfere, they die, type of thing, and you're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna cause a lot of pain and problems. Um, so he's really playing on that. So so Dawson hesitates for a minute, and Duncan's like, "Okay, well, I guess I'll just." go then, and he starts to leave, and Dawson finally realizes, he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. And he has this talisman, and it's got that same symbol that they saw at the end of last week on it. Mm-hmm. And it was something from some South American uh, kind of shaman. They would use it on vision quests type of, type of deal. So from here, it's a lot of sort of bouncing back and forth between... Aramon is basically trying to to ruin things around Duncan, mm-hmm. uh, in and in anybody
2: in, that would help Duncan. Yes,
0: in an effort to break Duncan down and make Duncan hate Araman, so he's already taken Richie away from him. We had the events last week. Now he's focusing on Joe, and Father Robert, because Duncan mm-hmm. has has gone. He Duncan does talk to Father Robert about Father Robert was the archivist of mm-hmm. the order, and Duncan goes to him trying to find more information, and. And so Ahriman knows that that's where he's going, so now Ahriman is messing with him, causing this crisis of faith and and letting Father Robert deal with that. He's trying to get Father Robert to end mm-hmm. his own life. Right. While simultaneously trying to get Joe to stop helping Duncan. And there's a scene where Ahriman comes to Father Robert in the confessional as Kronos... Mm-hmm. Um, which was an interesting conversation there with the uh, what's worse, murder or suicide, right? Uh, and just really, really hammering home on that. And then uh, Aramon brings back Jackie Robert's brother, mm-hmm. who tells him, you know, he he basically just tells him like I'm alone, I'm scared, uh, and and all sorts of stuff about how you know nothing that that uh, Robert believes is is true, and and all of this stuff just really tearing him down, right. And at the same time, messing with Joe, showing Joe other watchers in the field that are doing what Joe asks them to do and then getting burned alive. Mm -hmm. And he comes to Joe while Joe's sleeping and tries the ultimate, which is, hey, I'll give you your legs back. Yeah. And really plays on, you know, they used to call you the flyer. You could run like the wind. You could score touchdowns, all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. and gives him legs in a scene that i thought was pretty well done there's yeah i mean it's obviously a lot of you know they're going to show jim burns from the waist up and they'll show a body double for the legs there is one shot that is a really cleverly done kind of uh just camera trick of burns and uh, and another pair of legs. The way that they framed it, so you actually see Joe's face and legs, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty clever. Um, and Ariman offers him these legs that he can have, and he can. All he has to do is not help Duncan, but Joe won't do it. Yeah. Joe, Joe refuses. Duncan saves Father Robert from. Attempting to slit his wrists.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it, so we're, we really kind of bounce between these two sort of subplots of right. Aramon and Joe, Aramon and Father Robert. Duncan kind of caught in between. Duncan has, uh, they get some, some materials and one of them is a Tibetan singing bowl. hmm And so Duncan goes and does a little meditation on the barge and has kind of his own little vision quest. Uh, in inside his meditations, where he is fighting with Araman, but he can't seem to win. No matter how hard he right. tries, everything he does fails. Hmm. Finally, Duncan has an epiphany, and he realizes how he can defeat Araman. And it involves meditation and a peace, peaceful. Uh, and and he can't fight him. Right. And so he does, he, uh, he, he goes after him one more time, uh, kind of same sort of meditative vision quest thing. And, uh, and he takes on Aramon and he's able to defeat Aramon. Yeah. And back at the bar, Joe is of course upset um, that, you know, people that he knew got hurt and killed, but hey, Duncan won. Duncan defeated Mm -hmm. the evil. And it ends with Dawson being like, hey, look, take this. And he hands him back his sword. And Duncan's still reluctant. He's like, would you just take the damn sword so I know you'll be here when I come back? (laughs) Yeah. That was the best part about it was, I want you to take this so I know you will be here when I come back. Mm Mm-hmm. And Duncan takes it. And we're back. We're back to having our Highlander.
2: Yeah, we are. Symbol turned up in the writings of an ancient German mystic. To him, it was a force of hate that could only be defeated by love. Fine for Gandhi, but what about us? What else did he say? Nothing. Sometimes he died before he could finish his memoirs.
0: Oh, that's great. So what do we do? Sit and contemplate our navels while the whole world goes to hell? Special guests this week. Um, our main one's Peter Hudson. Uh, Again. Back is James Horton slash Arman. Just great Mm -hmm. because he's not he's doing exactly what he did last week it's that same he's not over the top although now he gets just a little he ratcheted up just a a notch or two Mm -hmm. from last week last week he was very calm very calculating uh this week he's that but just a little more aggressively yeah um which i thought was was kind of cool um we've i mean we've talked about this Peter Hudson in this character and in this this iteration of the character now quite a bit, and he just mm-hmm. nails it. He's so good, and it's such yeah. a such a well played uh, nemesis for Duncan.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think it it hits that much harder this episode when he goes after Joe.
0: Oh, absolutely! I was so waiting. Like, I was waiting for that last week, and it never happened.
2: Right. So it's that much more intense this week when we get that.
0: Yeah, because he spends a lot of time with Joe, mm-hmm. and. Just the fact that the character of Joe Dawson and James Horton were brother-in-laws. And so they were family and playing mm-hmm. on that. And they were also both watchers and playing on the watcher part of it. And Joe and Duncan's friendship. And they're mending that friendship. And here's, here is a demon in the form, in the face of his watcher brother-in-law telling him yep. to stop helping and offering to give him his legs back and doing everything they can. And nof- no matter what, no matter how hard it is, Dawson won't give up on Duncan.
2: When when they had their first confrontation, I was like, you know Joe is freaked the freak out oh, yeah. when he pours drinks down the drain. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's usually a time where he's reaching for one, and that time he's like, no, no, no.
0: And that's such a. I need my wits. Uh, it's such a subtly done moment in that scene too, because it's mm-hmm. it's right at the end of it, and you've already had the scene all play out, and he just grabs the and kind of and and dumps it. It was really yeah. really well done. The scene where where Horton Horton comes to him while he's sleeping, and first pops up like right above him on the bed.
2: Yeah, and like Superman style sitting there. I was like.
0: They really okay. played with uh, Ahriman being able to just sort of like vorp everywhere, right? And just mm-hmm. like mess with people's heads that way in this episode. Yeah, um, And he did a lot to Joe. And I liked that. But that scene in particular was really good because Ahriman just really tried to be like, you know, he really tried to play in his emotions and play on, on, you know, the the, the episode from last season that we kind of didn't love now had a little more punch to it of Joe mm-hmm. kind of, you know, his glory days. Right. And remembering that. Right. Um, so I did really like that. Uh, it was just which, very good work from Peter Hudson,
2: which it, if you're watching this series all the way through, when he comes up and they start talking about Joe, it's information we know about, Uh huh. you know? So it's even more interesting that like, we know this about Joe and Armand's knowing this about Joe and using it against them that much more. It's just blah. Yeah.
0: Uh, I also liked that Valentin Pelka was back as Kronos' version of Aramon. Yeah. Who we saw f- in um, the end of season five. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of... I dug that because it gave a different face for, um, for Duncan to fight that is the warrior. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of bringing that aspect of things because Horton is going to instill the hatred out of Duncan, right? He's going he's gonna, to mm-hmm. really pull that out of him. But Kronos is going to give us a physical threat, someone that can right. fight Duncan, because Horton never could.
2: But also I think he brings a level, being Kronos, brings a level of um, savagery when he's confronting Father Robert yes. in the confessional that I don't think Horton, the Horton character... Could have pulled off the same way.
0: No, not at all. Born. No, I. Well, I think I think that Peter Hudson could have delivered those lines well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something to Kronos talking about this stuff and the way Valentin Pelka delivers that. Mm-hmm. That I think savagery is a good word for it. That's you kind yeah. of nailed that.
2: And that's and that's the point where he's talking about Darius. Yep. And Darius is passed, and you're sitting here wondering does. Does Father Robert actually know about Darius?
0: And that was that was the other... So there's the passing comment about Darius early, and mm-hmm. then that moment where, again, as Aramon is talking about what Darius used to be, Father Robert's reaction is both confused but also possibly kind of knows. Mm-hmm. And I liked that because, again, yeah. it's very ambiguous. And we don't... Nothing is changed by knowing if he knows they're immortals or right. not, but I just dug that, that whole it's a, thing. It's
2: also one of those things that may not have been intentional at all, but we were reading into it and it's just the way they did it gives you enough to read that much into it, to give it that gravitas.
0: Yeah. That's also true. Uh, Which
2: just speaks to how good these actors are.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking of father, Robert uh, he's played by Dudley Sutton and, mm-hmm. um, I I thought that Dudley Sutton was an interesting presence, but I felt like his acting was the weakest in the episode.
2: Yeah, there were definitely moments where I was like, uh, yeah, you could do better with this.
0: Yeah. Like, it's nitpicky, but it's one of those where we've seen actors do kind of just feel a little more natural. He felt stiff in parts. Mm -hmm. Like the, the way that, so he's supposed to be going not only through this kind of crisis of faith, but he's sort of like losing it a little bit. And that was the part that always felt weird. Like it just felt
1: off.
2: Yeah. The first bit of uh, crying and stuff he did at the beginning when Aramon first showed up and was kind of confronting him. That's when I was like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. But there are definitely other scenes where I was like, Okay. He's doing good here. Well, and so his
0: reactions after the confessional when Duncan shows up, Mm -hmm. the scene, that scene there, and Duncan's like, no, look, this is real. And at first he's a little stiff, but then when they start, when he starts laying the pictures out, there's a moment where he goes, wait, no, no, that symbol. And he goes to point at it, and the picture goes up in flames. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, let's go find that book we were talking about. And he goes to go through the one <laughs> yeah. door and like it's dark and the and the wind and all that. And he goes, we'll take another route.
2: Mm-hmm. That
0: was really well done. I thought yeah. that was good. So.
2: I really enjoyed when Duncan came to him at one point, he's sitting in the, the little chapel and asking him, do you have anything on the nature of evil? And he's like, uh, everything is about the nature of evil. Yeah, You know, that little conversation, just like, that was really good, interesting. Like, there are a couple times where he had some really interesting lines talking about what he was talking— It, it was—it's super interesting to me how much they played with religion without getting too religious about it.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a lot of—because here's a man who's going through this issue of dealing with the, his brother, who he fully believes was a good person, but had a moment, mm-hmm. you know, had, had a weakness— and now he's condemned forever. And then Aramon sitting there like, yeah, yeah, your brother's condemned forever. He's yeah. not going condemned, anywhere.
2: Condemned according to the church.
0: Right. And Which, so he's questioning that and there's all this mm-hmm. other stuff going on. And now you got Duncan coming in being like, hey, we you know about evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like, like, like evil. And and it's a great Spoiled conversation because he asks him if he believes in the devil. And he's like, Do I believe in horns and a pitchfork? No, but but I've seen evil in the world. It's in all of us. Right. Here's Father mm-hmm. Robert telling literally telling Duncan exactly what he needs to know. Yeah. And he just doesn't
2: understand it yet.
0: Yeah. It's just he just hasn't had the epiphany yet. Mm hmm. So I I thought that Dudley Sutton was was okay. He was fine. Yeah. Um and then there was the, just the oh go ahead.
2: I was just going to say, the parts where he needed to be really good, I think more often than not, he was really good. Mm-hmm. There were just bits here and there it was like, that's not great, but we'll forgive him for it.
0: And maybe they just didn't have enough time with him. He didn't have enough time mm-hmm. to really
2: get into that, so that's
0: fine. Sure. Uh, I do want to mention uh, Jean-Yves Um uh, mm-hmm. I believe I'm pronouncing that last name right. Um, as Ariman in the Vision Quests. Um, right. He just got to have fun. He got to be yeah. like very it, because the he is in a meditation state, so he doesn't really have to be bound to like earth rules mm-hmm. and they went very almost Lynchian with a lot of that yeah and he's like there's like multiple versions of him and he's kind of overlapping is talking and mm-hmm. um you know all sorts of goofy stuff like that uh i thought was um i thought was interesting it was a, it was a but- It was a weird thing to throw in there, but it gave Mm -hmm. kind of an extra bit of like, what is going on now kind of moment.
2: And I thought it was interesting inside the vision quest part of it. He's a little person, Mm -hmm. like physically as an actor, it's a little person, but he's really good. So he, his character, even though physically is smaller than Duncan, definitely is projecting larger and messing with Duncan just as much as he has in the world as Horton. He's messing with Duncan here just by saying stuff, talking about Tess, talking about Richie, and messing with Duncan that way, and just Mm. agging Duncan on more and more. It was really interesting the way they did that with that particular version of Aramon in this particular actor. He did a really good job, I thought.
0: Yeah, I would say that on the whole, um, I would probably give this... About equal footing with the guest stars from last week, maybe a touch above because of adding Valentin Pelka back in. Mm-hmm. Because I think yeah. I think that both Dudley Sutton and um, I cannot remember her name from last week, who played Sophie. Let me look this up real quick. Yeah. Oh. Um. Uh, but I think both of them, uh, uh Rachel Shelley. Mm-hmm. Both of them were good in parts and other areas they were a little little less like like they just needed more time to kind of get into the role and they weren't given Mm -hmm. enough time for that and i think either one of them could have been the way the story was structured either one of them could have been around longer and it would have served either character and actor better sure um they just kind of got truncated but they're very different characters too so Mm -hmm. i understand why they you know kind of did what they did but I think it's solid work. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah. So uh, let's see. And also,
2: uh, let's a little shout out to uh, Terrence Beasley, who played Jackie Buford, Robert's brother, who committed suicide. in the little parts that Armand used him too. Like mm-hmm. again, good work there too.
0: Yeah, because he was really he was there to be a um, to really try to break down Robert even more, mm-hmm. and he was good.
2: Yeah, when you lost your legs in Vietnam, they saved you. They gave you another chance. And how do you repay them? You use them. You lie to them. You make them the tool of an immortal. You are an illusion. No, Joseph, I'm your
0: conscience. Uh, once again, no flashback this week. Which the yeah. story doesn't facilitate uh no. having a flashback. There's
2: a, there's a couple little like mind flashbacks that Father Robert has of just his childhood, but it's like. Very small, not like a full flashback. I thought it was interesting the way they would do it with panning across yeah. a scene and kind of blend into it. That was really well done. But yeah, yeah. no real Highlander, immortal flashbacks.
0: Uh, but boy, Joe. Joe is very involved in this episode, and they yeah, really get emotional uh, emotional with Joe in a different type of way because they really mm-hmm. play on his family stuff and the Watchers especially. Um, really hammering in that watcher stuff because that's the first, that's one of the first things Aramon uses against him is like watchers don't interfere. You're not supposed to interfere. Even though watchers aren't supposed to interfere in immortals versus immortals, not immortals versus demons.
2: Right. Yeah. But it's it's interesting, like that first scene when him and Duncan are talking about stuff, you can tell like, again, Jim Burns knocking it out of the park as Joe. You could tell as much as he knows this is something he wants and needs to do to help Duncan and is using the Watchers to do that, and Duncan asks him, he's still giving them the, the story they're going after uh, an immortal. He's like, yeah. You could Just the way he emotes in that scene, you can tell he's still got this guilt about lying to his people. Yes. I thought it was really interesting, which makes it hit home that much harder when Watchers are killed in this episode because of what they're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that first scene did that and then you pointed out earlier where they focused on Dawson going up the stairs as he's leaving and the way mm-hmm. his legs were. And then so you have that and it's very subtle and very well, well subtle maybe isn't the word, but it's it's very um, minor and it's they they make a point of showing it to you but there's there's not like a hey, hey, hey type of thing going on.
2: It's almost that, but not quite. Like, yeah. I was sitting there going, like, why are we showing Joe walk up the stairs like that? Like, but, but I think it's in this show, as we've talked about being syndicated and stuff, some people would need that reminder to know those are not actual legs he's walking on.
0: Yeah. Also, it's it's done in a way where it's structured, where as that's happening, then we cut outside and the demon vision mm-hmm. as it's coming towards it. So now your brain is is kind of taking that as like, oh, he's going to get, he's going to get confronted by it when he goes outside. That's why they're Mm -hmm. showing him leaving. And that's not why they're showing him leaving. Right. Which is well, well done. Um, Tipping hat to them for that.
2: Sleight of hand there.
0: Uh, And then of course they show up at that cave and him and uh, Duncan are looking at the cave paintings and Joe is worried the whole time they're there. Like, well, my people said they Mm -hmm. were going to be here. They should have met us here. Why aren't they here? And then to find them, both dead in that cave after he's had this issue with Aramon telling him you're going to get watchers killed and now watchers mm-hmm. are dead. And then the scene right after that is Aramon coming back, showing him more watchers who are now in rock mm-hmm. uh, at that statue. And they're now getting killed. He's watching them start to like catch on fire and burn. And then he right. gets the phone call uh, that it's happening, that it's happened. And it's like, all of this is going on. So here's here's Joe, who's now watching his people die while he's helping Duncan. Exactly mm-hmm. the thing that he was put on trial for in front of the Watchers. Yeah. And adding salt to that wound is that it's the face of you know James Horton telling him this, mm-hmm. his dead brother-in-law, like, uh. oh, just twisting that knife in him over and over and over. And then. Then they have the scene where he gets his legs back. Yeah. And how, like, again, credit to Jim Burns for, like, nailing that scene. Giving us yeah. that pain, but also joy in feeling legs again. And, like, standing up. Yeah.
2: That was intense because it's not only, like, here, I can give you legs. kind like, here, here's your legs. Give them a spin. Now yeah. give them up. Yeah. And Joe does. Like, that next scene with him and Duncan when he's like, as if I would sell my soul for a simple GD pair of legs. So it's like, dang, Joe. And Duncan's like, dang, Joe, because you didn't. You're a good man. Good Lord. Oh, just look.
0: If there's one thing that this show that made Highlander work on the whole, it was casting Jim Burns and having him as Joe Dawson. There's yeah. just, there's something about the emotion that he brings to these episodes that I think mm-hmm. is just really, really good.
2: And then again, after all of this, he's like, I'm pulling my people off. They're not, I'm not getting anybody else killed because of this, but I'm still with you, Duncan. Whatever I can do, I will help you.
0: Yep. And, you know, Duncan's like, good, you know, it's probably smart. You, you know, you don't want anybody else getting hurt. And, and Dawson, yeah, the way he responds to that, no, no, no. They're not going to do anything else. I'm still Mm -hmm. helping you. Right. He won't give up on him. He believes in Duncan that much. Mm -hmm. And now he has more reason to believe in him because now he's seen what Duncan's been seeing.
2: Yeah. And he's dealing
0: with it. And he deals with it incredibly well. (laughs) I mean. Yeah. Like, better than he should have because he was somewhat prepared for it Mm -hmm. and because he has this strong belief and faith in Duncan.
2: Right. And, and I think going was, back to the scene where he pours out the drinks, I think this, uh, that's a thing about Joe's character where he's like, usually I'm good with drinking to, to get a little numb, just to deal with stuff. At that point I was like, he's pouring out those drinks cause he doesn't want to be numb anymore. Nope. At all. He wants to, all of his wits to fight this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it also comes back to what father Robert told Duncan which was like, mm-hmm. evil's everywhere, but the way you fight that is with faith. And for Father Robert, that's his faith in the church and faith in God. Mm-hmm. And for Joe, his way to fight this evil is his faith in Duncan to be what Duncan needs to be. Yeah. And it takes, I think it really takes that that faith from Dawson for Duncan to see what he needs to do and for him mm-hmm. to be able to for, to be able to see and have the epiphany of oh this is what this is how I'm going to beat him. Right. So, yeah, just uh Joe, Joe Dawson, man. Mhm. Which is yep. I'm going to say that, yeah, you know, cuz we've already covered Highlander the source. It's what makes Joe's death in the source so terrible. Yeah, because they just did
2: him dirty. Mm-hmm. He
0: deserved so much better than what they did to him in that movie.
2: Yeah. So much,
0: especially having it be Duncan's sword that killed him, which could have been done in a way that could be very poetic mm-hmm. and very, very tragic, but it just, and, and it, it ended up making it feel like he died for nothing. Yeah. So I hated that. I hated that so yeah. much. And Joe Dawson deserves better. And Jim Burns deserved to go out and a better note from the series. Than For that. sure. For sure. Which is why we don't talk about that movie anymore. <clears throat> I'm going to try and make that the last time I mentioned the source, but.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: look, <laughs> I'll rant. I'm going to rant more about it at some point. I just know it, but no, look, this is, this is good stuff right here. This is Joe mm-hmm. Dawson really just being a great character. And Jim Burns is so good.
2: And again, showing us why Highlander works so much better as a series where you can dive into these characters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and we got to see a couple of his guitars
0: Yeah Which is cool At Le Blues Bar (laughs) I will never not laugh at that
2: Oh, absolutely It's beautiful, (laughs) perfect chef's kiss There's a thought in the Kabbalah The Armageddon The ultimate fight between good and evil Will be fought within one soul And yours is the soul That's why you're the champion Maybe All I know is that evil exists in all of us, Joe when we deny that, we give evil power. Ariman said it himself. his greatest trick was to convince the world he didn't exist. well, he does he exists in all of us. Once I accepted that,
1: I was able to defeat him
0: uh so there are fights in this one actually um we yeah. have a couple of moments where Duncan is shown fighting during his like meditative uh state mm-hmm. and the first time around, he's he's straight up fighting and he's doing his best, but it's getting him nowhere. He's fighting right. against uh, Kronos, the Kronos incarnation of Araman. Yeah. Um, but I really liked the second one when Duncan has his epiphany and realizes how he can win, right? And how he can beat him. And he goes he goes into the state, and he starts talking to him, and then he's just he's practicing and he's doing his movements and he's doing his martial arts and the first part of it is great because it's all timed out perfectly to where every movement is a deflection and a redirection. And I thought it was beautifully choreographed. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's,
2: it's, it's so choreographed well that it doesn't feel that choreographed. Like of course they choreograph this stuff. You can see yeah. that if you pay attention to enough fights like this. But it's really interesting the way they make it feel like Duncan's not fighting. He is deflecting, like you said, everything. Like mm-hmm. every everything, every time he is attacked, he is either avoiding it or blocking it. He's never on the offense.
0: He's never on the offensive. And what I liked about it was it was always movements to avoid, and it was never just a straight block. It was always Mm -hmm. a deflection. It was always that use of keeping the motion going. So it wasn't, it was like, it was, because peace, peace Mm -hmm. was the thing. So rather than like a, a firm block of something, it was the, the blow is coming from this way and I'm going to take it and redirect the energy over here. Mm -hmm. And then he would continue on with his movements and Kronos would get upset and he'd come back at him and he would direct, he would deflect it over here. And he just kept right. doing the thing over and over. And it was, I just, I love that. And it, and it's Adrian Paul getting to show off a little bit. Do some, right. Do some great martial arts. Absolutely. Uh, which is always wonderful. hmm So, yeah, it, it was good use of the fighting for storytelling. Still barely putting a sword in Duncan's hand this entire mm-hmm. episode, which was kind of cool. Well,
2: and then I liked how they changed it up. And then you've got um, little Arimon coming at him. And yeah. Duncan's still fighting the same way, verbally and mentally, of not taking anything he's getting thrown at. Yeah. Just yeah. being like, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It's like, yeah, you can try. Okay, whatever. You know? And it's like, I'm a part of you now. It's like, yeah, you always were. That's mm-hmm. the way it
0: works. Oh, that was so good, too, when Horton, the Horton version's <laughs> yeah. there. And Duncan getting very Eastern philosophy and very mm-hmm. much this, like, um, you know, you're a part, I'm a part of you. Yeah, you always were. And I'm a part of you. You're a part of all of this. I am everything, and I'm also nothing. And by extension, that means that you are nothing, and you have no form. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, getting deep into the Eastern philosophies here. Yeah. And it works because then visually you watch as Horton, Araman slowly fades and gets, he goes from light into shadow. And so he loses definition and finally form, and then just sort of disappears. He mm-hmm. melds into a shadow, and then he's gone. Yeah. And, you know, very simple uh, kind of visuals to that, but but very yeah. effective, I
2: thought. I was going to say, yeah, that whole scene was very well done. Transitioning from the different scenes until the final one when he's gone, I was like, okay, good job, editor. Very good job.
0: Yeah, especially on a TV budget. Um That mm-hmm. was really good. So it was good use of fights, in the context of the story that they were telling here. Right. In a way that was a little different from your normal Highlander fight, mm-hmm. but you still get some of that in there for your action, yeah. for your action nuts. So I like that overall. I mean, look, this is a good conclusion to this arc,
2: mm-hmm. which, well, and then one last thing on the whole fights and everything When yeah, him yeah. and Joe are talking at the very end, you know, he mentions somebody quoting, talking about Armageddon is within one soul, mm-hmm. which makes you realize, Oh, Okay. When we talk about Armageddon, especially with TVs and movies these days, Armageddon usually involves some big, flashy, theatrical thing. And Duncan's talking about philosophy here where it's like, no, Armageddon's within every person at some point. Yeah. Which I thought was a really interesting take on it, and I really appreciated the way they handled that.
0: And again, that's kind of bringing in that sort of Eastern philosophy of like, Mm -hmm. everyone is everyone and no one. And... You know, Armageddon is the entire world, but that entire Mm -hmm. world exists within one person because for me, the entire world exists within me and everywhere else. But Mm -hmm. it's also the same thing for you. It's everything else around you and within you.
2: So I thought that was I I, I did. I really dug that. Mm -hmm. Again, talking about religion without being religious. Towards it. Yep. So well handled. And I really appreciated that about this episode. Mm -hmm.
0: And being able to mix Western religions and Eastern religions and Mm -hmm. different philosophies and never putting one above the other. Mm -hmm. And sort of Ahriman, Araman is neither, right? He's not out of an Eastern religion. He's not out of a Western religion. He's mentioned as a Zoroastrian kind of demon, but it's really like he even talks about uh, in the last episode, you have no idea what I am. Mm-hmm. You know, so we never get like this true definition of what Araman is. He just sure. sort of is a thing. Araman just is one name that has been given mm-hmm. to this force, and so I like that too. I really like yeah. uh, being able to play on all those. It's I had forgotten that this was a three part arc. Like, it really for is. some reason, I thought it was a two part. I thought it was end of season five, beginning of season six, and then we moved on. But I kind of like dragging it out one more, and mm-hmm. sort of because then we get. We get Demon, starts to affect Duncan, makes a huge, ta- uh, lands a huge blow on Duncan by getting Duncan to kill Richie. Right. Continues to mess with him, and we don't get an immediate resolution. We spend last episode with Aramon just being like, hey, 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 ha, I still, you're going to lose, you're going to lose, trust me, hmm. and Duncan and Joe mending their fences and coming back together. Right. And then we can, with the the strength of that friendship coming back, we can move forward and get rid of the evil. Yeah. So I think that was was good. Would I have liked to have seen maybe kind of a... Part of me thinks, because last week I was like, well, why don't we just keep this character and keep moving on? And I think I would have liked that had it been, say, feature length. Mm-hmm. But breaking it up into these bite-sized pieces and bringing in some new characters, um, I think worked mm-hmm. on the whole. Like this, by extension, this episode helped me to appreciate last week's episode a little bit more. Right. Um, in the way that they do it, plus, you know, you you have to think about it in terms of television production and they can probably only book these people for a certain amount of time especially mm. this in this era of tv sure where you know it's just the way that it was done back then so yeah i i like it though i think that um i think that it was a, a, a interesting and different story to tell in the land of highlander as well by getting yeah. into those philosophical things and getting into the supernatural a little bit more
2: yeah and interesting the way everybody handled it well enough. Like he's a thousand year old demon that comes around and all this stuff. And they could have gotten really wild and wacky with it, but you know, they, they kept it grounded enough. And like, if you're sitting here thinking, cause I, I went through this too. Like why the heck is this demon not just going out and doing all the evil stuff he can? Well, again, everybody apparently knows that there's a champion mm-hmm. and it's been prophesied. And even Duncan's name is written down in old texts. So he knows he's got a, take Duncan out somehow first Mm -hmm. before he can really go off and do everything. Um, so I thought it was interesting that he's like, yeah, my first thing I got to do is take out the champion whatever way I can. And it ends up being like, Oh no, he was a champion for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: But it makes sense. I mean, if you know for certain that this is who your adversary is going to be, go after them right away. Then you can Mm -hmm. go do whatever you want. Right. And so, yeah, I, I think that it's a, is a very interesting, um, a very compelling way to begin this season. This is a season yeah. of the series. This is the season I have the least connection with is six mm-hmm. because I had vague memories of this and the final episodes, but kind of everything in between that I don't really know. So this is sort of now we're kind of in a blank slate of like, cool. Well, we're back to status quo a little bit, but yeah. now, now not only are we back to that, but we have, the lingering memory of like, well, but things can get weird and supernatural now with Highlander, like more mm-hmm. so than it has in the past. Right. So, so let's see how much that happens. Yeah. It sets us in an interesting, uh, path and I'm curious to see where it goes. And Duncan's got the sword back. Yeah. He took his sword back and he had one. I also loved the moment where, uh, they had a drink together at the end. Mm-hmm. They had some, uh, scotch and Duncan kind of, yeah. Oh, whoa. It's been a while. Yep, because we're supposed to think like, yeah, he hasn't drank in a year, probably. Hmm. Um. So that was that was pretty fun. <laughs> that was funny, but it was a good episode. I'm I'm glad uh, that the that things worked out the way that they did, and kind of the way that they went through them. Um. Yep. Little wooding and wooden acting aside, but yeah, hey, it happens.
2: Yeah. Still, and again, very that's, solid. that's 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 picking nits in this episode. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Still a very very solid episode. Now, next week is episode 3, Sins of the Father. No clue what mm. this one's about. Don't remember it at all. So, we'll see. We'll see if uh either Mythos or Amanda show up as they are in the opening yeah. credits of the season. So, yeah. so far they've been in the opening credits for two episodes and haven't been in either episode. Yeah. Um, but that'll be next week's episode. Uh now we normally record this show on Tuesday nights. Uh it is a mm-hmm. Wednesday night this week, but Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Time at twitch.tv slash Travis. You can hang out with us as we record the show. But the show comes out on Thursdays at anchor.fm slash let's watch Highlander or anywhere you get your podcast. Just search for Let's Watch Highlander. You'll see uh, Audie's amazing artwork right there. Um, Your art for this week was great, too. (laughs) It's just Yeah. Because, once again, it's Duncan with them sunglasses and and the white shirt, that white Mm V-neck that he was wearing throughout this episode was mm yeah,
2: definitely feel like he asked the costume department. Okay, can we get any baggier, looser, looser clothes this season? Yeah. like I want to be as comfortable as possible.
0: I don't blame him. Um, so yeah, that uh, let's watch Highlander anywhere you get your podcast. You can you can check us out. Uh, leaving ratings and reviews obviously helps the show uh, become more discoverable for people that uh, you don't know, and if you do know anybody who is a Highlander fan, or you know anyone that you think might just enjoy the show in general uh point them to where Highlander is streaming on all the platforms free i think it's on Tubi as well maybe mhm um maybe and uh and point them there and then have them listen to the show cuz i think that Heck uh, yeah. i think that we give some some fun insight into the show a little bit so yeah we've been doing it for a couple of years now we're 6 seasons in uh and there you go but uh yeah next week will be uh, episode 3 sins of the father i'm looking forward to it I kind of like yeah. these episodes that I have no memory of.
2: Yeah. That's that's when it's really interesting and coming at it with an interesting perspective.
0: Yeah, because you get to see it kind of with fresh eyes. Like, I know I've seen the episode at some point, but I have no memory right. of it at all. So mm-hmm. I, it's always fun to watch and, and see what I remember or what, if anything I remember from this, I conflated with maybe a different episode or, or something. Who
2: knows? Because uh, yep. that's happened a few times. So, so it'll be fun. Yeah. So, like, when I kind of thought Charlie was the one who became another immortal, and I was like, "No, nope, <laughs> that didn't happen <laughs> yeah, at all. exactly. Good lord.
0: So until then, remember that there can be only one Armageddon. I'm a
2: part of you now. You always were.